There are those who are there. I mean, but the bell doesn't even even ring, and they're in the lunchroom, and they're dawdling along five minutes after it's rung again to get back out. Like, don't don't be like that. Here it comes, a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. One pursuit, and challenge like your word. Right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Your word, oh God, your word to me, making me all that I need to be. Your word, oh God, means the world to me, the world to me. Good evening, my name is John, and you're listening to Word with God, and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Ruth. While we continue to go through a series, and Stan, what would you would you what would you give a title of this series to as an example? I, I, mine is yeah. good good choices, bad choices. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds good. I like that's not that. Bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I just made that up. You right off the right off the top of your head? Seriously, right off the top of my head. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there's a little spark there somewhere. Yes. Uh, I have to make sure it doesn't turn into a fire in the brain. Anyway, so uh, we've got good choices and bad choices, and. Just for people who are coming in for the first time listening to this, would you say that they should be living kind of along the same lines as Ruth or along the same lines as Naomi? I, I, would, I would vote for Ruth okay. or Boaz. We haven't met him yet. Yeah, but when we good. get there, like, I mean, if you're a guy, be a Boaz. Yeah. And if you're a gal, I would say, you know, Ruth, that's a good role model. Yeah. Well, now, part of it, too, is that, and it's funny because if you, if you while we're going through Ruth, it's almost like you can say, okay, here's all of the characteristics of Naomi, mm-hmm. and here's all the ones of Ruth. Mm-hmm. I want to avoid the characteristics yeah. of Naomi, and I want to follow yeah. what Ruth yeah. is doing. And one of the things that she has in here is, um, a, a, in a good way, a lack of pride. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. I would think at that time, if you were going to go into a field, because this is one of the things we're going to be going through in this message, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go into a field and glean off of the field. Yeah, it, it, that's that's a, you know people who didn't want to do that. That was a pride thing for them, but they you know yeah. the humility is really hard yeah. to do at that point. It's basically work fair. Yeah, yeah, and so she just picks up on this and uh, and her willingness and and that's one of the things we bring out in the message is that. Um, she doesn't sit around waiting for something to happen to her. Mm-hmm. She's proactive. She sees what's available. She goes out, does what she can. And uh, and so this is kind of a really practical message. Uh, between this week and next week, we're going to, you know, if you're, if you're an employee and you're working for someone, there are some really good tips in this message of how to get ahead at work. Uh, there's some really good tips about how to impress your boss. And uh, just just some, I think, some really practical life lessons that we can learn from Ruth. Well, and you know what's, I, I would say too, if you're listening right now and you are either a single man, this message is perfect for this. If you're a single mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. if you're a woman and you're trying to find a single man, if you're a mother, a grandmother, and you got this single, single grandson or, or son in your life, or mm-hmm. you got, everybody has single people around them, yeah. right? One of the things that I got from this was... Um, Look for someone like Ruth. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, some of the characteristics that you brought up here, you said faithful, humility, modesty, respect, 
and we're, you're going to go through it in the message, yeah. right? But kindness, hardworking. If you're looking for someone, this is a great message for you to listen to. Absolutely. If you're either looking for a woman, you're going, hmm, yeah. who am I looking for? Or, yeah. you know, does the woman meet the criteria that my, yeah. that my son should be looking yeah. for? And I say begin watching long before you ask her out. Hmm. That's a good one. See, I normally would. Well, anyways, I won't go into what my theory is in terms of looking for a wife, but you know, there. But there's things in there that I think, yeah, they're definitely good characteristics for us to watch for. Well, let's get going in the message, and at the end, we'll wrap things up. Well, Monday night we talked about the choices are not benign. They either drive us towards God or they drive us away from God, and we had kind of a number of things that we looked at. We saw that there is always stuff happening in our lives. There is. There are always things coming at us that's not going to change, and, um, and you have to choose today who you're going to serve and how you're going to respond so that in the middle of the trial, you'll have the wherewithal to make the right choices. They, they don't come in the midst of the conflict. Those are decisions that have to be made ahead of time. Secondly, we saw that many decisions are clear-cut. The Word of God is a lamp into our feet and gives us direction and shows us what it is He would have us to do in each and every situation. We saw that if if we're His child, that He allows pressures to come into our life. Pressures are not always bad. There are some pressures that are distracting and pressures that are are difficult to... But pressure in the life of a child of God, especially when you are on the run, are used by God to put you into a place where you will then listen to him. Fourthly, when when the fog lifts, when you become aware of that you're on the wrong course, that is the time to act. Do not put it off. Don't think that some other day, that sometime down the road, now is the time for change. And finally, we looked at bitterness. We just started to look at this very beginning kernels that are introduced into the story about bitterness and that God's desire is that you don't live in bitterness. Well, the next night, last night, we saw that making good decisions means trusting in God's goodness. We need to trust in God's goodness in our life. And we saw that decisions need to be built upon upon strong Bible-based convictions Convictions need to flow from the Word of God. Secondly, convictions need to be laid down before the times of trial. Thirdly, convictions need to be acted upon in the small things so that when you get to the big things, uh, Josh can, what are you at now? You bench press around 380, 370. I thought it was up in that area. Pardon? Pardon? 275, okay, I had you inflated there. You're not as good as I thought you were. Okay, so 275, did you do that the first night? You, you did it gradually, right? You started with an easier weight and you worked it up to a higher weight? Okay, so when you are in the trials and you're trying to make good decisions, you make the good decisions in the small things so that when the difficult things come, you're used to making the right decisions. That is kind of heavy, 380. I don't know where I got that from. Oh, well. Oh, my spiritual condition will affect my choices. That's the second part of last night. My spiritual condition will affect my choices. Here's three things. Spiritual erosion. You know what erosion is? Along a lake or along... Okay, it's, it's what eats away the land, isn't it? And it's little by little. They, they say that 
that uh, is it Mount Rushmore is moving a quarter of an inch a year. That's pretty small. But in a hundred years, that's, you know, that adds up, right? Spiritual erosion is just like that. It's sometimes it's almost imperceptible that you're moving away from God. You need to be awake. Spiritual erosion, like many cancers, by the time one's aware of the damage, the damage has been done. By the time you're aware of it. Thirdly, spiritual erosion, when combated, has painful side effects. Moving back towards God, when you're going this way, repentance, which is turning about and going in the other direction, there are consequences that come from the turner. Now, it's a good direction to go in, but consequences still linger. We need to look to God in the matter of timing and discerning the times that we're in. God's planning is perfect to accomplish his goals, not necessarily our goals. Remember we talked about gaining a new lens. Seeing things was with God's eyes. Well, Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 to 18, your choices have a way of being compounded. I love compound interest, okay? Compound interest is good. Compound bad choices, on the other hand, not so good. Not so good. We look here, uh, begin moving. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now, Naomi had a kinsman. She had a relative of her husband, and his name is Elimelech. We remember that. A man of great wealth, great strength of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz, and Ruth the Moabite, has said to Naomi, her mother-in-law, please let me go to the fields to glean, to, to gather among the ears of grain, in the heads of grain, after uh, one in whose sight I may find favor, I may find acceptance. And she said to her, go, my daughter. Well, gleaning is still in practice in Israel today. I was, I was on the internet looking at this, and in 2005, they actually did a, a, a really a push, and thousands of volunteers and some paid people who kind of organized the thing. Uh, gleaning is going on today, even in Israel, and, and we learned from scriptures that um, uh, you, you were not to harvest the edges of the field. You were to stay back from the edges. You were to leave some things there, some grain there for people who were in need. Um, you don't uh, go over the vineyard a second time. You go, you pick the grapes. You don't go back and go, oh, I missed some back. You leave that for those who were in need. Um, you don't pick up the grapes that fallen on the ground. If it's on the ground, it's fair game for those in need, not for you. You leave that alone. And um, if you leave a sheaf, so you're out in the field and you're building sheaves, and some of you guys are old enough to remember what they are, and the rest of you, it doesn't matter that much. But a sheaf was like, if you look back, you went, oh, man, I left, I left it back there. You wouldn't go back and get the sheaf that you left behind. That was, if you forgot it, Tough luck. That was for those who were in need. So you left the sheaf back there. And, uh, and if you shook your olive trees, you could only shake it once. One good shake, the olives fall out. What isn't falling out of the tree stays in the tree again for those in need. It was almost like work fair. You went out. It was there. There was food. There was sustenance there. 
if you were really lucky, maybe you got enough to sell a little bit and to gain some, uh, some other provisions that you needed, but it, it was there. And uh, why were they to do that? Here's, here's Moses' answer. You were once slaves. You once had nothing. Remember what it's like to have nothing. Sometimes as parents and grandparents, we forget the early days. We forget the times when we had nothing. And we come into a place of expectancy. We come into a place where we want our children to have what we have at 40 or 50 when they're 25. And we do them a disservice. We do them a disservice. Well, Ruth chooses to engage life. Naomi's given up. She's at home, sitting on her hands, going, woe is me, life sucks. She's joined the Lemon Brigade, okay? That's where Naomi is. Ruth goes, you know what? Somebody's got to work around here. Somebody needs to bring some food in. And and sitting here and whining about life and being bitter and miserable, that's not going to put food on the table, and I'm hungry, so I'm going to do something about this. And Ruth takes this opportunity in front of her. And even though she has no clear vision of where she's going or what she's doing or what the long-term solution is, what's in front of her today is sufficient and she acts upon what's in front of her that day. Hey, Stan. Yeah? Question for you. Where do you go to church on, say, a Sunday morning? I, I go to 112 Spadina Road West. John's the same place you go. I'm just checking. Just have you never sure. seen me there? I have seen you there, but normally like, you're speaking. I'm the guy the up front speaking. I know. You did a great job of it, too. So 112 Spadina Road West, and it's Evangel. Community Church. Evangel Community Church, right close to uh, St. Mary's. It's fairly close to there. Kitchener, Ontario. Well, I'm waiting for the job. Well, what are you doing for the job? Well, I'm, I'm checking things out online. But are, you know, are you being, people don't go out anymore, Dad. You don't hand out resumes. You don't meet people. I'm not buying that, really. But, I mean, you can't wait for it to come to you. Ruth got that piece, and she went out and began beating the bush. Yeah, beating the bushes, beating the grain, kind of looking for things, and uh, and God put that in front of her. And uh, I put down here: if you need work, take what's in front of you today. If 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 you if you need work and there's only Tim Hortons, take Tim Hortons. If you need work and there's a five day job, take the five day job. Take what's in front of you right now. Do what's in front of you right now. And I mean, it, all the older people are go, looking at me, going. Of course, like any idiot knows that. Not so. Not so. Thirdly, she has no handle on a husband or security, so she goes job hunting and she works the workfare system to help out until she figures it out. Begin moving. Number one. Number two, get noticed. Verse 3, so she departed and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened, I love that, I circled that in my Bible, because what things just happen? Did God have his hand in this or what? Of course he did. And she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, 
who was of the family of Elimelech. And now the author of this is kind of, he's kind of hammering that. And there's a reason, and we'll find out the reason down the road. Verse 4. Now behold, when Scripture says, it says, pay attention, there's something here you need to see. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. He was traveling from his hometown and because you lived in the city and worked in the country, okay? Protection and all that. Like you'd go into the town at night, come out, work the fields in the daytime. It's different than us. We live on our farms. They didn't live on the land. They lived in town and went back out. And he said to the reapers, may Yahweh be with you. And they said to him, that's to Boaz, may Yahweh bless you. A little bit of sugar going on here, not vinegar. Kindness, verse 5, then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, this is the foreman. This is the guy that's in charge of all that's going on. Um, whose young woman is that? Okay, all the young single guys know what that means. She's caught your attention and you're going... It's like your friend, and you go, hey, Bob, do you know who she is? That's the equivalent of today, what was going on there. Boaz sees this young woman, and, uh, and he's kind of interested. Uh, so um, the servant, the foreman, verse 6, in charge of the reapers, replies, she is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi. Hmm. From the land of Moab. Right. The guys reading this are going, what? A Moabite? And and we're going to have to deal with this more and more because we know that, what, a good Israeli boy doesn't marry a Moabite woman. And we're heading down a path here. And and, uh, And she said, please let me glean and gather after. She just didn't go to the field. She asked permission. She had every right just to go in and do it. But what does she do? She goes to the foreman and asks permission to enter that field. That's a comment on her character. That's a little sugar. Thus, so she came and has remained from morning to now. She's a hard worker. She's she's making a name for herself. Make a good name for yourself. Be known to be industrious. My son, my youngest son, James, um, he was a really good worker. And we, we just, you know, you know, some of your kids you really click with, you work with better than, than others. And in, in some, you know, some of my kids didn't like construction and stuff, and some did. And James and I clicked together. We worked a lot together. And, and so when he was started high school, he went to McDonald's for a job. And uh, he worked at the end of the first week, and the lady who was his manager pulled him aside, and he wasn't sure if he was in trouble or what, and she goes, where did you learn to work like this? And he's going, huh? What do you mean? Well, you're here on time, you work hard, you don't take long break, you do everything. Like, where did you learn to work like this? He goes, oh, I've been a slave from my mother's womb. My dad, he worked me to death. And she goes, she says... Um, you will go a long ways. You will go a long... Be industrious. It's time to work. Work. Don't mess around. Well, thus she came and has remained from morning until now. She has been sitting in the house, in the shelter, 
for a little while. She's just barely sat down. She's, she's working for herself and Naomi. She's, she's been at it all day. She's taking this little rest break, probably getting some water, taking a break. Put down here how to get noticed. Here's how to get noticed, okay? Take the initiative. Don't wait for someone else to come to you. She didn't sit home and wonder what to do. She took initiative. Number two, work hard at whatever you do. When it's time to work, work, industriousness gets attention. It does. All things being equal, it does. Number three, don't underestimate kindness and good manners. She made an impression on the foreman, and because she made an impression on the foreman, he presented her well to Boaz. Do you see that? How she handled the foreman affected how he presented her to Boaz. She already had an in. Kindness and good manners. Here's some just practical stuff for you guys who are just starting to work. There's some younger guys here. One, don't be late for work. Be early. Like, I'm a 10-minute early. My wife, if she's not like 20 minutes to 30 minutes early for work, she's late. It drives me nuts because I'm a 10-minute ahead of time. But be early. Whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's 20 minutes, be early for work. Um, don't underestimate, no, here I am. Don't always be complaining about your job. Nothing a boss wants to, like, wants to hear like you complaining about a job when you've been there two weeks and you're not even turning a dime for him yet. Ugh. Don't be hard to get along with. Don't cause tension with the other co-workers. Don't be the first one in and the last one out of the lunchroom. That, I mean, you guys, are, you're laughing, but I'm, I'm telling you, I've had enough employees. There are those who are there, I mean, but the bell doesn't even, even ring, and they're in the lunchroom, and they're dawdling along five minutes after it's rung again to get back out. Like, don't, don't be like that. And then don't wonder why you're laid off if all of those things are in your life. If there's somebody going, you're going. Choices that are done every day and they seemingly are insignificant. But those choices add up and they affect your life and they affect your direction and how you get there. Well, begin moving. Get noticed. The fallout of respect The first thing, accept my provision. This is Boaz to Ruth. Then Boaz said to Ruth, he moves from asking about her to talking to her directly. You do that, don't you, Josh? Don't you ask, like you you, you get to talk to a friend first and then then after you find out kind of what the, then then you go, like I'm picking on you tonight, but that's okay. So like that's what you do, right? And then you talk to your friend. Then you go and you talk to the person yourself after you've kind of got some introduction going on. Right, okay, okay. Then Boaz said to Ruth, listen carefully, my daughter. Look at term of kindness. He's treating her like, like, like a daughter. It's a term of kindness to a young woman. It's appropriate. It's an appropriate approach. Do not go glean in another field. Stay here. Moreover, in addition, do not go on from this one, but stay here with my mates, the girls that are working for me. Hang out with the girls that are working for me. It's some some safety here in in numbers. 
Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Continue to work with the women in my house. Accept my provision. Accept my protection. Indeed, actually, I have commanded the servants not to touch you. It was not uncommon that they would have to give sexual favors in order to glean in a field and not be driven out. It was not a, it was not a it was a dangerous task that she was about. God protected her. God sent her to the right place. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, everyone, this evening. And one of the things that, just to kind of wrap it up, okay. Ruth is a good point in terms of looking for a wife. Yes. If you're going to look for characteristics, good and, to go to And if Ruth. you're looking for a man, Boaz isn't that bad either. Yeah. But we haven't got to him yet. Well, we're just no. getting into we're just getting into Boaz right yeah. now. But And if you're trying to avoid a particular type of woman, get away from Naomi. Right. Absolutely. There we go. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening. And again, next week, we're going to continue going through this series of Ruth. And love to see you there for that. And as always, remember, don't end your day without a word with God.